0: self wound you pay, I guess I'll play the doctor today. Hello everybody, you're listening
1: to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby, and I'm Brandon Weatherby. Uh, should I start it over?
2: If you want to. I think Could I'll leave it, it as this way.
1: And the person that's telling me to start it over, uh, <laughs> because she's a very wonderful human being, is the extremely funny Cameron Esposito.
2: How's it going there? There you go. How are you doing, Brandon?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm good. good. I'm doing well, actually. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. That is the proper...
1: You. you are not doing good. You're doing well. That's right. I am sick of getting uh, corrected on that.
2: Well, I, I'm i just going to correct myself.
1: I'm not saying that you were correcting me. No, I know.
2: I know you're not saying that.
1: Uh, you're the first guest to sit slash stand while, per- while doing this interview.
2: Yeah, I have a bad back. I know I'm 27 years old. This, is not, this should not be something that... That I ever like launch into I, I mean, kinda... but I do I have a bad back, and I'm like in physical therapy right now. I'm going to alternative practitioners how... of crazy medicine. That how are... did you end up with a bad back? Swedish, like literally Swedish um, <laughs> how did I end up with a bad back? I was riding my bike. And I was hit by a car.
1: Oh, really? Where at? Sorry, I so excited no, about no, that. No, that's
2: a great. Uh, that's wonderful. It's great Let's reaction. talk about it. No. Actually, uh, at like Chicago and Milwaukee. So, <laughs> so
1: literally three blocks from where you are right. Too
2: here. far from where I am today. Ah, <laughs> yeah. But this was two years ago, and Jesus, um, I mean, wow. You know. It really messes you up for a really. time. Yes. I was actually just saying to somebody the other day, like, how come when you're thrown against something and your body is completely out of whack, like, why can't, why isn't the treatment to just throw a person against a wall again? All of that Simpsons which, episode. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. I think that might actually be what chiropractic is a little oh, yeah. bit. But oh, yeah. which okay, is so
1: let's go over this. You're you're riding which direction? What time of day?
2: All right, it's around noon, so I'm heading to work. Okay. In the loop where I, I used to work in the loop okay. for some reason. You're on Milwaukee. I was allowed to go into work at noon. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That's who cares.
2: <laughs> so I'm riding. I'm riding uh, southeast.
1: Southeast down Milwaukee. Okay. Which is, for those of you that don't know, Milwaukee Avenue is, um, if you want to get a good idea of uh, Milwaukee Avenue, read Nelson Algren's pieces uh, from the 60s. Um, Think of the Lower East Side New York in terms of hipsterish area. Um, It's a busy street with a bus. And underneath the street is the Blue Line. So it's a very congested street that goes from the loop all the way out into the far suburbs. And uh, if you're ever going to visit Chicago, go to the Hancock and you can see how far Milwaukee Avenue goes. So it goes throughout the entire northwest side of the city.
2: Also, Also of note, because it runs on a diagonal.
1: It does. It's one of the few streets in Chicago that runs on a diagonal. And to my knowledge, it's the only one that has a bus route. You know what? Besides Ogden, but Ogden is the other one.
2: You might be right. Yeah, because Elston, Elston doesn't and Clyborne doesn't, doesn't.
1: And Lincoln does, but it doesn't run the entire route. Look at you. I've lived, we've lived here have lived here. You
2: know run. a lot about bus routes. <laughs> that is um, the
1: saddest and truest thing you could have said. Anyways, she, she's riding on a very busy street around noon during yeah. the week. We're setting the scene. <laughs> I
2: was in the bike lane. Some lady pulled out of a car wash and I... I dented her car with my knee, and then I broke her windshield with my face. So. Oh my god! I had to have a bunch of stitches, and I look, on your face. I look horrifying. I mean, tell the listeners at home how horrifying I look. <laughs> she looks like it's, It face. hasn't. Nothing is healed. Still open wounds. It's just open wounds. There's pus every day. Two years day. later, I just have open. My face is an open wound.
1: That sounds extremely <laughs> awful and sexual.
2: Yeah, that's that's. It's really, like a
1: face PSA. That's right. So wh- what did the, what did the lady do?
2: You know, I think I really upset her. I she was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I had the right way, but I think it's it's never a good day when someone when someone's face ends up on your windshield. Like, yes, that's not. Were you?
1: Did you have insurance at the time? I I did have insurance, which is that's probably good. Which is
2: it's oh, it's it's great news. It's great news because I got to go to the hospital and, and things like that. <laughs> you know, like really wonderful treats. Did but, the did the cops come? Absolutely, yeah.
1: The, whose even. fault was it in terms of the police report?
2: Uh, her fault. Her fault.
1: So shouldn't she still be paying for all of this wonderful? Well, work.
2: I can't really talk about that.
1: Oh, really? Seriously? <laughs> like this is? A, yeah. I'm sorry to keep asking you. About no,
2: that's this. okay. That's that's okay.
1: You're one of the very few people that I know that have gotten hit by a bus or by a car on a bike, and is actually it's kind of working out in theory.
2: You know, it is yeah so many bikers are screwed yes, they all are. the time it's an it's an it's nearly an impossible but but the the wonderful thing is that there was just no way that it was my fault yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and I think that's kind of what has to happen like you have to be
1: that's awful though. like
2: but but i mean it's terrible, but it's also kind of good because if there's a chance that it's your fault, then it's gonna you know you're in the tiny vehicle it's very intimidating just from from the perspective of looking in somebody's eyes, uh-huh. who's like, "Well, here's my giant four wheels." <laughs> I think it was. I think it was your fault. You what know? kind of car I mean, was
1: it that she was driving?
2: I mean, it wasn't. It was just like a sedan. So it, was
1: like a no- it wasn't like a Mercedes or anything. It was oh, like God, a normal mid-level car. Make
2: was actually. I don't know what the make was, but okay. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing where like she didn't have a driver. I mean, it was. <laughs>
1: so it wasn't like the scenario in like Blank Check or something,
2: <laughs> right? You right, but it was a little bit like exactly what happened in Wayne's world. If you can imagine <laughs> that moment when... Uh, so you
1: were... St- were Laura...
2: Like, I wasn't trying to get Wayne's attention, but I did flip over and land on a wind so windshield. So it was
1: quite comedic.
2: It was. I'm and sure to R- other... Sure to other people. Although I was bleeding a lot, so I from think that, the face, yeah, I think that wow. quickly dulls any hilarity.
1: All right, I only have I get my my getting hit by a, a car story cannot compete. It was the middle. It was about three a.m. on the west side.
2: Oh. I
1: know I was between Central and Austin, um, uh, between um, North Avenue and Chicago. So not the best area to be no, on a bike, no, and I was biking not. from Lakeview to Oak Park in the middle of the night. And why van- were you
2: doing I mean, it's okay. It's no, your it's own fine. Business. It's, but I, I, what were you?
1: I want. I couldn't sleep, and at the time, I, I wasn't drinking. Sure, because I was bike it off nineteen or twenty. Yeah, so bike I was going to go off. visit my mom and stay there because I had a show the next day. And it, even though the show was in the city, I had to meet my band in the suburbs that day. So rather than take the train at like nine a.m., I was like, oh, I'll just bike it the middle of the night.
2: So here's, sure. No, I can see that. Yeah,
1: I know. And yeah, set
2: yourself up. Yeah,
1: exactly. To get a for, good night's for success. sleep. Yeah. For success. So I got sideswiped by a van intentionally on the west side. Wow. And you know it's intentional when the front of the van doesn't hit you, but the back of it does. So like, uh, I'm trying to to. Oh my god. It's 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 not that bad because luckily there was it was on a street and uh, that had cars on the side. So I I it was like a pinball where I hit. The van hit me, and then I hit a car, and then I hit the ground. So because of that, I was able to like land on my palms,
2: which is not what you're supposed to do.
1: It's actually. Well, that was... <laughs> I'm just.
2: I'm just telling you from like a.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you're right, but I mean that's why. Just because
2: like... you break your you break your wrists. Oh, I'm sure. Sh- fall I... on your shoulders. You know, if you learn anything, learn this karate lesson. <laughs> I've never. I don't know any martial arts, but I know you're supposed to fall on your. shoulders. I will
1: keep this in mind next time I'm getting hit by a van. On that's a right.
2: Yeah, keep it keep it up keep it together in your brain keep your brain together
1: so luckily the only thing that was bleeding was my hands mm. and uh and the bike was trashed like there was very, no way of fixing it so then Christ-like. i had to walk <laughs> literally i mean if you see my hands today they're awful in shape anyways right. um uh i had to walk the bike back the last like 4 miles 3 miles and so i ended up getting night. home at like 5am and then you're it was bleeding. bleeding
2: your bike's messed up
1: yeah so that was that was my my and then
2: story Trust you forever yes. for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, he makes great decisions. Yes. <laughs> I don't have to worry about Brandon at all. That says that says a <laughs> lot about what's going on today.
1: Anyways, I invited Cameron on the show because she was kind enough to perform at one of the You, Me, Them, Everybody events at The Hungry Brain, and she's a delightful stand-up comedian.
2: was a great show. That was a great show. And I kind of feel
1: bad because... Um, Cameron was uh, doing two shows that night, and so I kind of. And initially, she needed to go first due to time constraints. And as soon as she got to the bar, I was like, okay, you ready to perform? And she had to go first, and I kind of feel bad about it. No, that. no. I never gave you time to, like, settle in and be a human.
2: You know what? Actually, I think that was better. I mean, Good. Did, did you feel like I. Because, I mean, I felt like. I don't. Some, here's the thing about stand up. Sometimes the second I get off stage yeah. is exactly when I want to do another set. Good. Th- that's when you're. That's when you're kicking yourself and and going through all the motions of like, oh man, I forgot to tell this joke or like that was a really nice way to link those together. We all should right. say that again and like try it out and especially because it was such a nice vibe in your room and
1: yeah, f- could where kind were, of were you coming Experiment
2: from? a little bit. I was uh, I was at the much more corporate zanies.
1: Zanies, okay. Um, I asked uh, all the comedians I know this. How is it performing there? Because everyone is is no one's the biggest fan, but at the same time, there's no other room where you're going to get paid. It seems.
2: Well, you know. Actually, I'm kind of – there are a couple other rooms where I, I usually make my money in alternative rooms, actually. Really? And so I don't need to work at zanies. And I, and I say that, like, not – No, it's not a Not knock. like it's I am uh and also not not like I'm some <laughs> – I am still a starving artist. Yes, of we, course. I can barely feed You're myself. You're still biking. Yes, I'm still bike. That's right. I'm still – yeah, I'm still in horrible financial shape. But what I mean <laughs> is that – um I don't feel that that neat. For Zany's is a is a is a very good place to go if you tell uh, setup and punchline jokes. Okay, and um, I think especially because I'm a woman that doesn't tell setup and punchline jokes. Really, like it's a little bit more. They're a little bit kind of brainy and dry. But it, okay. It's hard to get work there. Like, it's hard to get work there. So yeah. he had to try and figure out ways to, to work other places. I was just
1: talking to James, and, and he was saying that for his audition, he couldn't be dirty. Right. Like, they tell you that before. Right. But you're not a dirty comic.
2: I'm not a dirty comic.
1: So I don't understand... The, the, the point is, I don't understand the club at all.
2: Well, here's the, here's the thing. Um, my comedy is a lot more like... <laughs> it's a lot more like... Hey, leftist leaning audience Like fill in the blank and follow me on this mental journey where I take you to places that you can't imagine and oh here's a funny little trick I'm gonna do and look at this, my hand's a bird. No, it's not. Now it's like a bush. Now my hand's a like what my point is. It's you have to There are some leaps of imagination that I Mm -hmm. think a lot of times I mean, sometimes when people come up to me and they find out I'm a stand up comic, they assume the like brickwalled comedy club from the eighties, from the eighties, you were in a blazer, which is which is up. when Zanies started, and it's I know, but I mean, I mean It's still going on, but, but there's like, still
1: current great comedians that perform there. That's the thing that that's right. So it's like like Rob Riggle's there this week, and Hannibal right. Burris was there last that's month. Right. So it's not like that's the clientele they're still
2: booking. That's well, it's half and half. Is some of their performers are still that way, and that's okay. cool because those people deserve work. You know, they're yeah, yeah. some of them are 40, 50 years old. They've been doing this for. 25 years and they're really, really good at it. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't... Just because that's the type of joke you're delivering doesn't mean that it's always going to be... Sometimes there's like a nice craftsmanship. You know, it's like a... Mm-hmm. It's like a beautifully tuned whatever. It's like a... Yep. Um,
1: <laughs> that tangent didn't go yeah, anywhere. <laughs> uh, no, that's...
2: I, but I did a lot of hand she motions. She did, which works really a well in the audience. A lot of hand motions. Listen to this, audience. That's me. i yeah, um, making, making a hand motion. Ears
1: angry. Um, that's delightful,
2: though. Uh... But, um, yeah, Hannibal is definitely more of...
1: It seems like you and him would work well together in terms of style.
2: I Again, I'm not...
1: Just in terms of both I'm not of, trying to...
2: This is like a really controversial thing to say because it always gets people's panties in a bunch. But I think that it's different to hear those types of jokes coming from a woman. I do really you? do. Yes, I do. I do. Um, I don't know why exactly... But, um well, let's talk about it I get this. a different response than like, and i'm not I'm not comparing myself to Hannibal, but no, i no, no. I love his work, and um you know, I love the work of a lot of people of that same vein, and I think you just have to work i think you have to work harder to get people to listen to you just because you're a, you're a woman just if you're a chick, like you're ir- like irregardless of the type of comedy that you're doing okay and i think um I think if you are a chick who can do like uh, this like uh, this is my dating life and my parents are this type of ethnicity like i think it's, <laughs> I think That'd it's be
1: a, that should be a name <laughs> for an album yeah yes my parents are this type of ethnicity that's a great then i'd buy it'd that just album be a bunch
2: of different flags actually you'd pick <laughs> Whatever, and then I just have to tell Joe. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure album. Comedy it's live. Album. I guess it's a live album. That in that, Really, I'm just in the room next to you. You're just paying for me to come live with you. That'd be wonderful. what you're doing. It's less of an album, more of a roommate situation.
1: <laughs> Let's get back to the thing. The, the male versus female comedy ratio in Chicago. How, yeah. What do you think it is? Two to one, three to one, four to one? Because it's obviously not one to one.
2: I think it's I think it's 20 to 1. Yeah, it doesn't seem that there are many female comics. I think comics. it's I mean it's 20 or 25 to 1. Maybe even 30. Um it's yeah. I mean yeah, there's and and then if you take that number because the other interesting thing is that you know fractionally of the available comics that are going to open mics mm-hmm. a smaller number of that are getting regular work. And so again like if it's if it's that there's if it's that there's 50 male comics and like you know, three female comics yeah. or whatever, then if only, you know, if only half of the male comics are getting work, then that means only 1.5 female comics are getting work. So I guess what I'm saying is that, like...
1: like Your opportunities are better as a woman, but it's harder to get in as a woman? Yeah, or? I
2: think that's definitely true. And also just the representation is even smaller. Like, there might, there might be more chicks at open mics, but the number of ladies that you're going to see actually booked at shows, it's, like, teeny. It's teeny-weeny. It's, like, one hand.
1: Yeah. I mean, every time that, like, something that's coming up or a new YouTube clip of some Chicago comic, and it's a female, I will watch that before I watch any male. Well,
2: that's amazing.
1: I think it's because there's so few, It's it means that you're actually a lot better than the majority of the males because I think it is a little bit easier yeah, to I get mean, in the doorway.
2: I think that's a, that's a really cool point. I, I think that definitely...
1: And also, it seems I don't know if this makes it stronger or weaker, but every single comic that I was that I least that I like that is that's a female from here. It seems that half of them have moved in the last year to to L.A. or New York, right? And I don't know if that's because there's more opportunities as female comics because the pool is so small, or well, what.
2: It's just there's more opportunities there, irregardless of yeah yeah of, yeah. I know that, I mean, and I think that's probably why most of those people have moved. And then it's just a smaller, like I said, you know the. Cl- it seems like it makes a much larger impact because mm-hmm. if the whole... If, like, the five comics yeah. that get work are all leaving, then it's like there's no... Then there's no female comics until the next five are... Because it's, it's it's all about, like, preening and yeah. and, and sculpting well, until you're ready to work. Does this
1: matter? I mean, do, do you care? I mean, it obviously doesn't have anything to do with your writing style, your performance style, but would you like it if it was 50-50 or...
2: You know, I don't... It was hard for me when I first started just to go to open, like to get my courage up to go to open yeah. mics and things like that. Cause I, I definitely felt, I don't even know what to talk to some of these people about,
1: especially when you say these people, do you mean the crowd or you mean the other stand up? The other standups. So, okay. And I'm not
2: talking about on stage. I'm talking about like interpersonally. Oh, of, course, of course. Um, because I, I started up there's a really huge, there's always a huge contingent of new standups that are like 20 to 22 and dudes and i started when i was like 25 and i was okay. a chick and i had already had a lot of improv experience and so i wasn't nervous being on stage and i didn't like need um i didn't need alcohol as like a as like a lubricant to get my courage up mm-hmm. and so it was weird to re- relate to people at first but that being said now a ton of my best friends are are male comics yeah and like i love hanging out at comedy shows, that it's, seems to be the a really theme time. for
1: all of the people that are comics. That everyone's really close, but no one has money.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, first, yes, no one has money. Yeah. Also, I'll say that um, about a year ago, I was talking to my friend Carrie Callahan, who yes. I know you've had on the show. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, about this exact problem, and we both at the time we both worked at the Lincoln Lodge, and mm-hmm. this is the exact reason that I started teaching an all-female stand-up class.
1: I didn't even know you did that I do that's I wonderful let's talk about this a soon, but let's... Class just for
2: women yeah no,
1: that's great, but where do you teach that at?
2: It's through the Lincoln Lodge and we do it at a local park district building at Shill Park um but it's so far we've had i've had I've had uh, a level one class and a level two like level one class graduated to level two and then they they graduated completely so i've had I've had one one that's slew cool. of women that have gone through two whole levels and, how
1: many people are were, are have you taught? Thus far,
2: I have taught 16 to 20. That's a women. lot of people. It's pretty, it, it feels pretty awesome. It's maybe, I'm maybe not prouder of anything I've ever done. You're gonna, <laughs> so you're like the awesome. Del
1: Close of female stand ups. Well, it's a very specialized
2: group. <laughs> it sure is. You know what it is? It's that also, like, I think a lot of dudes, when they're growing up, they'll spend time watching Comedy Central. Yes, or, yes, Or yes. they'll stay up for late night talk shows. Yes. And I think a lot of chicks, like, are out with their friends. Having dinner at Fridays or something like at that same time in your life, like when the dudes are in their high sc- in high school and they're like sitting next to each other looking out at yes, comedy, I then chicks are sitting across from each other looking at each other. And I think a lot of women get to the point where they're trying to figure out the open mic scene and like they don't even know what a joke is. They don't. <laughs> they don't know what stand up is because they didn't have the same amount of exposure to it. And then so you're getting women who kind of like don't aren't really familiar with the whole like what is this crazy box of shenanigans yeah yeah and then they're also going somewhere where they're like a little bit less comfortable because there are less women so i think it, it can be a real turnoff so the class the whole point of the class is to try and create a different avenue where where you can teach where I, I teach women joke writing like that's just it's not it's not performance based it's uh it's writing based
1: how do you teach joke writing
2: there are really specific formulas that i teach so which I like know how did you, crazy, but yeah how true. did you
1: did you just read a lot about it i mean Did you come up with these methods yourself?
2: Uh, Um... How do you
1: teach being funny is really what I'm asking.
2: Yeah, you know, I... Well, I think that a joke is, um... Is a reference to a shared cultural experience. Okay. So, like, when we're laughing, it's because we... Know what the person is talking about from our own lives and we can't believe someone else can see it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's so crazy! They're in my mind! You know, and, um just teaching people to be aware of those things Mm -hmm. is that is, that is how to be funny. So you're teaching awareness, teaching awareness. Yeah. Of like, Hey, why don't you point out the things in your life that you think might be relatable or that you think might be super specific, which actually it turns out aren't as specific. Like we're all not the -hmm. the delicate individual flowers that we think we're (laughs) all having kind of repeatable experiences. Um, and the truth of the matter is that some of these women are are never going to be professional stand-ups and they know that. They're not even gunning for that. They're trying to get different skills to help them as like whatever okay. career that they have. And um some of them are are great and they have yeah. tons of natural talent and um and I hope they continue. And What's the average
1: yeah. age of uh, your students?
2: It's like mid mid to late 20s. Okay. But there are definitely some women in their 30s and 40s. Yeah.
1: Um, I've uh, like I always not, not like I always say, but every comedian I've had on, I think it's the hardest art form to do is stand up comedy.
2: Kat, thank you so much. One of
1: the reasons is I don't think you could teach funny. I don't think you could teach you could teach certain things. You can teach like awareness, yes, but delivery and timing. How do you teach that?
2: Well, do you? I they have to pre- they have to perform all their jokes in in class, and I give them critiques. Okay. And I, I used to be a I used to work in education before I okay before I was a stand up. So for some reason, it's uh, like isn't it bizarre sometimes when you arrive at the intersection of like I can't believe this special ed background is ever going to be helpful <laughs> again. And yes, then like, yes, yes, yes. Um, but uh, so you can do that. Okay. But no, you can't ever teach. Some, I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna ever. I can't be inside of all these women's head all the time, of and, and that's okay. Like they don't, right. they don't need to all be. Some of it is just getting the confidence to get up on stage. And there are tons of dudes who go to open mics who will maybe never be successful comics. And oh, well, they're doing it well, as yeah. an exercise of, I don't know, friendship or camaraderie or exorcism of demons, whatever you'd like I'd, to- I'd go at the latter more than the friendship <laughs>
1: thing. Um, this kind of relates back to what you said earlier that you don't need to necessarily drink to go on stage. Yeah. Um, is this because you have the improv background you're just more comfortable on stage how did you start doing this is what i'm really asking that's really, well, i'm trying to multi. no i love it i'm trying to terry gross this thing
2: up um yes i i did have an improv background and so when i started the hardest thing for me was figuring out like i said like how to write jokes mm-hmm. that was way harder for me than the confidence to stand on stage and have people yeah. look at me
1: um do you think that's the norm though
2: I actually don't cuz I think a lot yeah. of stand-ups are people who have been solitary individuals yes. who were writing in their rooms like, they're writers that. and that's why like I had to overcome I had to figure out how to write mm-hmm. and now I, I I think my writing style is like pretty cool but a lot of these people are trying to figure out how to be comfortable and you'll notice like you know Somebody like, I mean, just to go back to the example of Hannibal, mm-hmm. like, he is somebody who, he's a little bit weird on stage. You yes. know, like, his, his energy is weird. But his, the change in his energy, like, he's so comfortable. He makes you feel comfortable. He does. And you're not nervous for him. And I think that that's when the laughs stop. Like, when people are nervous for you, then they can no longer, like, then they okay. either are not laughing or they're laughing at you. That makes a lot of sense, yes. Um, and so I think a lot of... That's like an intuitive thing that a lot of stand-ups notice, and so they they need to do whatever they can to relax so that they're not making other people uneasy.
1: Okay, okay. Um, When you go up to perform, is it in your head of what you're doing? Are you thinking about what you're saying, or does it just come naturally because you're not necessarily repeating the same lines, but you know where every bit's going to go?
2: Wow, I actually have to rein myself in pretty hard
1: okay. do you think this is because you have an improv
2: background yes okay and that doesn't work in the stand-up world like, okay I, I'm i really good at um, extemporaneous interaction with the audience like it, it's rad and sometimes it works super cool but when I like I said when I first started it was like you have to have some jokes yeah. you can't yeah. just and so you can't wing it every night no you can't that's what I've learned <laughs> and that sounds like a crazy no it
1: does it makes sense
2: but um you know, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that that's what keeps it exciting for me is when you, and I think this is also the sign of when somebody's really good, like, when I've watched people who I'm like, oh, that person's really good, it's when they can seamlessly go in between, like, really, really fine-tuned written material okay. and then interaction with their surroundings in the room okay. so that each, mom- so that each set isn't, like...
1: The exact
0: same. The
2: exact, I mean, it, sometimes, the album. sometimes when you watch people that... Like if you, I don't know if you've ever seen a stand-up who will... Like, if you've ever seen somebody twice, and yeah. they'll be like, hey, you with the black shirt, like, stop not laughing. And then the next set, they'll be like, hey, you with the black shirt, stop. I'm like, how do they know there'll be a black shirt? <laughs> but um, I think, you know, some stand-ups just need to build that stuff in. For yeah. me, I think it's, like, so exciting... So how much of the material do you forward.
1: think you repeat on average? I mean, you perform roughly 10 minutes, let's say. Um, do you have like a core eight minutes, and then the rest of two minutes you're just going to add? Or what, what's I would the say process? that that's true. Okay. I would say that
2: that's true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, for me, it tends to come at the beginning. Cause All right. I have a hard time going on stage and just being like, you know, joke. <laughs> I, I, For some reason, I want to... And it could, again, it could go back to like the whole reason that like, for whatever reason, like teaching is easy for me. Then going out and just starting with a joke is hard for me because I want to like embrace the audience. I want to hold them in my little arms and say. Doesn't that
1: like, backfire a lot of the time?
2: What what going? Trying to
1: embrace the audience.
2: You know what? It seems like maybe it would, but no. Really? It doesn't. It doesn't. No, right. it doesn't. I know that that sounds crazy. I I actually think that maybe uh, because
1: I'm used to so much negative comedy maybe i mean it's it's not a knock towards either of them but no no
2: i yeah. and again like it's you know i i love watching some of my favorite performers are dudes who go up on stage and like destroy <laughs> yeah. you know either people in the audience or just ideas and stuff but that's not me no. i'm gonna subtly and like dryly comment on stuff i okay. really disagree with um but i'm also gonna try and like like kind of give the audience a noogie, you know, like a little brain noogie, like, get over here, you rascal, you know, like, you're a little bit homophobic, get under my arm, come on, you know, like, just...
1: Well, speaking of a little bit homophobic, <laughs> how is it performing outside of Chicago, or hell, even, how is it performing in certain neighborhoods in Chicago? I mean, does... Do, like, you you were joking before, I don't... know. it wasn't really a joke, but it's more leftist, liberal-leaning stuff. He, does it matter the room you're playing?
2: You know, I... uh What is interesting is that actually... The I have a harder time with the way that I want to deliver my material which is like this very kind of like heady uh-huh. like <laughs> use your brain to make sense of what I'm saying than I almost ever do with um, outing myself on stage which I and I almost always am outing myself on stage no but
1: I mean that, that, that doesn't even matter I mean like do you find it's I'm not trying to disregard your like your life I'm just saying like how is it d- does it matter where you're performing in terms of the material you deliver
2: well well, what I'm gonna say is that like I kind of am at the point now where I have like I'm a little package like I don't even think about it as being me like it's i mean it is me, but it's my act, okay, and it's like my persona and it's it's a character that exists a little bit outside of me, and so I try to be true to that, and so I mean, maybe there are times I'll try and like cut down on jokes that just, just because for my own personal, I don't want to like reference sexuality at all. Of course, Or yes. I don't want to reference like girlfriends because usually I won't, I won't actually say that I'm uh, gay. Like I won't use the uh-huh. term gay or maybe I, but like I rarely, do. oftentimes I'll just like talk about stories about um, relationships I've been in. Uh-huh. The way that a lot of comics do and yeah, I, kind of, yeah. I kind of think that's subversive. Like, oh, she's girlfriend, what does she mean by that? And yeah, then of like, course. I'll be like, but we're kissing, you know, and then like, <laughs> everyone falls on the floor <laughs> gasping. Um, but uh, that, be,
1: that would be a great reaction if you ever got yes, that, Then you could retire. I've done falls everything. Falls on the floor
2: and gasping. You know, the only time that I have actually ever felt really uncomfortable is um, South Side comedy is really different than North Side comedy. I don't know. I don't know if people have talked about this. And no, the they have or, not. No, they have not. So the North Side of Chicago is predominantly white, and it is north side comics are predominantly white and there are really quick I'm
1: not gonna interrupt the story I'm just giving more context to it Uh, Chicago is the most segregated city in America uh, the reason why is post-World War II, um, there were boundaries that the banks set up in terms of home loans for people to get loans. Therefore, that's why the predominantly northwest side is predominantly white. That's why some of the south side that used to be all Polish is now mostly African-American. That's why, uh, for example, Pilsen. Pilson's a great example. Pilsen um, was an old Irish neighborhood, and then it, be- it became, quote-unquote, attacked by Polacks. And then it was a huge Polish neighborhood. Uh, for example, the bar Skylark has a Casimir Pulaski photo above the bar because it was a Polish neighborhood neighborhood then in the 50s hispanics started moving there now it's a predominantly hispanic neighborhood it's just a it's just a flow of neighborhoods that's why west side predominantly african-american and hispanic south side predominantly african-american north side predominantly yuppies and white people that's just how it is um that's the saddest part about chicago in the history it, it all traces back to the uh banks in the 40s and 50s sorry that's no all. it is
2: super sad and it's also why i live in logan square and prob- yeah. i mean you live in i mean because i I don't know. I I prefer a little bit of I prefer a little mixing in my of life. Of course, I just um, moved from Humboldt Park and yeah. I
1: hated it and it had nothing to do with the type of people it had everything to do with the money. Mm. Um you'll I I I mean I don't think I'm alone in this I don't think crime or anything else has anything to do with race it has everything to do with socioeconomic Problems yes. and that's all money based. Anyways, uh, you live in a Logan Square. For those of you that don't live in Chicago, think of Brooklyn. Now you, now you have Logan Square. It's a it's a predominantly it was predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. Now I'd say it's like what sixty forty, roughly maybe seventy thirty. I would say seventy thirty. 70, 30 yeah, Hispanic it's too. Still... It's a good mix too of uh, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans. Where right. Humble Park is predominantly Puerto Ricans and African Americans. So I'm in Westtown right now, which is predominantly Ukrainian. Uh, Caucasian and African American. So it's it, Westtown is a good mix where we're at now. And Cameron lives what is it five six L stops northwest of here. That's right. So for all of you that have your maps out, <laughs> you know exactly right. where we are.
2: I'm sorry, I'm but- further down Milwaukee. <laughs> that street we referenced earlier. Go back in your brain pans, find that street. Um, yeah, I live. Yes,
1: that's hence the whole context for this upcoming story that right. I don't know about. So well, please no, what I, what I was just
2: going to say is that. You know, I think that uh, different racial communities, mm-hmm. and especially in a city where the racial communities are so,
1: it's isolated. Yeah, where they're is so isolated.
2: where they're so isolated and also kind of insulated. Very much oh, that's, um,
1: for those. Once again, that's why Chicago is a city, but it's just a bunch of little neighborhoods, and it's a city. Right. Yeah, a lot of you can live and die in your little neighborhood. That's right. If you want, better. and it's,
2: yeah, it's, and it's sprawling. Exactly. Um, I think that different communities have. Uh, are at a different point with regard to um, kind of gay gay rights or mm-hmm. gay, gay gay liberation, and um, there aren't a lot of comedy shows on the West Side. There are some, but there aren't yeah. a lot. Um, but there are a lot on the South Side, and it's a different it's a different environment. I mean, there are there are certainly a lot of things that are going on um, in North Side rooms that are. Not that it's like a one. Not that it's like a wonderful and everything is no, no, not. No. But um, it's just a, it's a different balance in terms of like even within that own com- that community, mm-hmm. how gay people are treated, like how the, the people who live there who are gay, like their relationship to the community is different. People are at a different place with it, and so it can be. It, I have had a, I have had interesting and um, strange and like also really positive. And also really wildly negative experiences. <laughs> um,
1: which, when you say the South Side, I mean, give, do you have the? Could you give me some neighborhoods? Because the neighborhoods also very, Like, okay, I grew up uh, part of my life near Midway, near Midway Airport, sure. which is the South Side, but right. that's predominantly that's, Polish. Yeah,
2: that's not what I'm talking about.
1: Right. are you talking about Inglewood like the, yeah, or are yeah, like you talking Inglewood. about Hyde Park because Hyde Park is this upper class right. African American neighborhood
2: no like Inglewood and Bronzeville okay. and like those were, and they have really successful comedy clubs mm-hmm. there and they have great comics yeah um, and I definitely have like comics there who I really like and who I know so you're really like at 47th and
1: State and stuff
2: that's exactly right okay. yeah right like, like Martin Luther King Drive exactly. like anything that anything that references King Drive yeah <laughs> off the green line um and so it's just a different, it's just a different vibe, and and that's okay. Like I'm not trying to put anything out. No, no, anybody no it's just a different. Commi- you community. might
1: have to alter your set if you're there. That's exactly right. Do you want to do that? I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure you have to. It, it's a way you're you're forcing yourself to grow as a comic, but
2: you know, honestly, I have for a while I have steered away from it because I had like kind of a weir- really weird experience the last time I was down there. Do and you want to talk I, about it or no? Well, no, I just, it was, okay. it was I mean, it wasn't like a, it wasn't even like at a club. It was like I I somehow ended up at this place that, like, you know you're in a rough, you know you're going to be in a rough patch when you have to hold hands and pray to, <laughs> to Christ Jesus before you go downstage. Like, you know that maybe you shouldn't have outed yourself, but then I did. Anyway, I don't know why I did it. Just fuck
1: it. I mean, if you're going to go out, you're going to go out. I That's mean,
2: exactly right. And I mean, and also like, I'm not trying to threaten it. I'm not trying to. Like, I'm not trying to come in your neighborhood and, like, and, like turn over your tables. I just want to talk about my life, which is, like, you know, the basis of my comedy. So, <laughs> blah. I wasn't trying to, uh, but um, but I had this really great experience at the Just for Laughs festival oh, yeah? a couple weeks ago. Where which,
1: which bill were you on?
2: I was just on a local show. Um, which show, which club? It was at the Lincoln Lounge.
1: Oh, is it the one James hosted? It was the we one James hosted. About we just talked.
2: just talked. Well, I don't know what it. he said about it, but he
1: said uh, it was great. He said it was a packed room, and he was surprised that there was that many people with that many shows going on that night.
2: I agree, yeah. and also like the comics were. I mean, it was it was a it was a killer bill, yeah. and um, there were these two Southside comics that like one of them I had I had worked with before. Little Rell yep. I had worked with before, um, and Chastity Washington I had not worked with, and uh, like I loved what she did, but. Uh, Little Rel was just, like, so welcoming to me, and he um, introduced me to the woman who owns Jokes and Notes, which is, like, a, probably the biggest Southside comedy club where I've never nice. performed. And he was like, now you got to come out and that at? do shows there. God, I don't even know. I mean,
1: it's... <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to put I mean, you on the spot.
2: I... No, look it up. Look jokes it up on your no... Google machines.
1: Jokes and Notes, or Jokes, jokes and Notes? Jokes
2: and, jokes and Notes.
1: Okay, everything's spelled I no Z's near, in there. I think
2: it's... King Drive-ish, in terms, is it of, in terms of probably Bronzeville. in terms of west east west ratio I don't know I think it
1: Whatever they'll, they'll figure it out they'll anyway. yelp it
2: Anyway it's it's a So I was I was stoked cuz somebody threw down the gauntlet you know and then you got to yeah. be like fine
1: Yeah that's why I will come out
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> Why did you leave
1: improv? I mean are you still doing improv
2: No not even not even at all Do you miss it You know not Really,
1: not really what 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 why did you switch
2: when i when i I lived in Boston and I was doing improv there, mm-hmm. and I was pretty successful out there like for that city, I was working the bigger uh rooms and I was like cast at theaters and stuff and feeling like I was like just like this real 22 year old like like the world is my oyster like what can I not do you know what I mean and I was and I and I peaked really early out there and so I moved here just being like and now I will continue to be at the top (laughs) (laughs) and um you Uh, yeah you have to start like like shoveling the muck out of the pigsties again like it's it it was it was a rough transition for me and um and it was very male and and like again like a little bit younger than where I was at yeah and well, why I not like it.
1: Why did you even come back here then? Why didn't you go to New York and continue the stand-up thing or the really, the sketch thing? Sorry. That is a
2: really good. That is a really good question. I'm trying. I was uh, I I was supposed to go to social work at University of Chicago.
1: Oh, you're smart. You're a smart lady.
2: That's that's right. I no, I'm not a smart lady. <laughs> that's uh, right. You're a smart that's lady. Right. No. Uh,
1: so w- what made you not want to do that anymore? I
2: was in social work school for uh, one quarter. Okay. And then I was like, why am I... I mean, it was great, yeah. but um, you can be a social worker when at any age. Like, yeah, there's yeah, no... Yeah. But I hear that Hollywood and the entertainment industry in general has a preference for, like, youth and beauty. <laughs> I don't know where I've heard that. So I just... I felt like I was really splitting my time between the two things, and I was like, why am I even trying to do this right now? Like, there's no... Like, let's say I try stand-up for 10 years, Mm -hmm. and then I go back to social work when I'm 35, like, great, I'll still be fine, because, you know, there's no... So,
1: so did you leave improv for stand-up because you were no longer at the top of the class? Because you had to start over, you might as well just start over with something completely new?
2: You know, that might have been... Also, I I mean, yes, like, that might have been it, and... And isn't that like a really arrogant thing to say? But it's no, so it's true. No,
1: it's not. It's a good thing to say. It sounds like an athlete, actually.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you, like why you, you go to you don't play with the people that are worse than you. You play with people that are better than you, so and, you can get better. And
2: the the interesting thing about improv is that like you have to say yes. Yeah, yes, and, and. when you are playing with people that and like just because of like a lack of experience, you know, sex is a really big go-to. In yeah. all co- comedic art forms. And, like, when you're playing with people and you have to, like, say yes to giving, like, a some, like, a, like yes, I will give you a blowjob 22-year-old guy on stage. Like, I mean, I'm not, like, then you're just like, how do I even mime this? Like, this is a <laughs> horrifying position. Like, I'm not going to do that. So, and, if
1: you're really into sexual harassment, improv is, like, the way to go. Because <laughs> you can't get in trouble.
2: <laughs> well, it just... Yeah, then like the higher level improv—that's not what's there. But you have to wade through that sea of like horrifying experiences until you're there. And I just didn't—I didn't have it in me.
1: What do your parents think of this?
2: My, um, you know, they're—they're actually pretty supportive. I will say that. You know, I I think there's like a. uh, I think that they will never. 100% think I am as funny as people who aren't my parents because I think they're always like a little bit nervous and so they can't like 100% calm down and also um my dad is a small businessman he he has his own law firm and so like he is forever giving me tutelage on like how to be like like this is how you get out and do it and uh not that he doesn't know comedy, but it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's Do like, your parents ever give you advice where you're just like, oh, you just have to, sometimes you just have to wait it out. You know what I mean? No, so you I, just tell have my, to,
1: I tell my mom to fuck off. Do you? Oh, that's, fuck yes. Oh, yes. You're yeah. a
2: stronger person than No, I no, am. it's
1: the opposite and we'll talk all well when the mics are off, <laughs> right. so it all makes sense. But no, it's not that at all. Um... Where do you, what's the goal? I mean, is the goal to be a comic writer? Is the goal to be a professional stand-up? Is it to be an actress? Is it to just do this for fun and then become a social worker?
2: God, no. I hope <laughs> not. <laughs> Maybe when I'm really rich, I'll donate to causes or like make appearances places. Um, I would I would like I really like performing and I really like being in, like I just I really like being in front of people. But I also like uh kind of what I was talking about in terms of like the like nurturing aspect or whatever. Like a talk show host mm-hmm. or a radio host kind of comes to mind, because those are people who do that kind of like wrangling, as it were, and making everybody feel comfortable and like getting really good getting really good stuff it's, it's out of everybody.: You'd want to be a, like you.: just You'd like want to be, you really be a stuff.
1: radio host.. Well No you don't you wanna be a stand why would I wanna waste
2: this pretty face on the radio. That's
1: right. So I mean what what are you what is like do you have a five like do stand ups have a five year plan? I
2: do. Well, yeah. I mean I, I think that within the next year I want to have a, an album recorded. There you go. Um and then I wanna take that and I wanna to go to New York and say like So you're gonna move? I am gonna move eventually, yeah. To
1: New York instead of LA.
2: Right now the thought is New York. Okay. I mean I'm sure like if <laughs> if somebody was like Here's a bag of money And it's all hundreds We would like you to be in LA Then I would be there But right. I think uh, Right now I really vibe I really vibe the New York scene Like I, I like What a lot of people who I mm-hmm. know Are out there are. I like the stuff they're doing So
1: So you like everyone else that's good Is going to leave us
2: Well that's That's you The amazing thing about Chicago though It is a well that constantly is replenished yeah, yeah. With new blood Yeah <laughs>
1: It's, it's one way it's to
2: untappable it. you couldn't i mean you could tap but you can't you can't suck a dry
1: i hope i hope cameron thank you so much for doing this such a pleasure we are going to end this uh podcast like we do all the podcasts and i'm going to ask you a question from the kids book of questions uh by gregory stock phd so please if you will pick a number between one and 260
2: 134
1: 134 okay here's the question Adults can do more but have more responsibilities. <laughs> Children can play more but are often told what to do. Do you think kids or adults have a better deal?
2: Wow. That here's what. I think if you're a stand-up comic, you are forever a kid <laughs> because you can play more, but you're forever told what to do by the man and by like the industry. There you go. So you So know,
1: that's it. Adults have it better. Adults have it better. What do you want to plug? Stick
2: with your real jobs. Shit, <laughs> <Yeah>, whatever. <laughs> Um, you should, you should check out my blog. Oh go. God, I can't believe I said that. It's like so embarrassing to even put to the word fair, blog coming you out you just of my said
1: mouth. you like the vibe out of New York better.
2: Okay, I think okay.
1: blog doesn't sound nearly as bad as that. No offense.
2: Oh, come on. Also, I say vibe, vibe about everything.
1: Is it, oh, by the way, Vibe Magazine closed today. you. Yeah. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Yeah, thanks done. for
2: bringing, thanks for being the barrier of bad news. That's what,
1: we're I ending mean, it on a positive note. Vibe is done. I mean. No, oh, that was a good magazine, I, actually.
2: What do I really want to... You know, honestly, what I really want to promote is, uh, is the Feminine comic, which is that all-female stand-up class.
1: Okay. When, wh- how can people get involved in that? Where um, should they go?
2: Well, you can go to learnfunny.com, and our summer sessions are actually already full, but there'll be another That's one wonderful. in October. And you should send us an email because we, we'll keep you in the loop on like shows that are happening and also the next sign-up time period. Good job. Yeah, you're doing please. positive work. That's please awesome. come. It's like, honestly, it will make your bring. And heartbreak. Are you still so a cast like, member at Lincoln wonderful. Lodge too? I sure am. There you go.
1: So if you want to, d- is it the off season right now?
2: It's the off season right now, yeah. but we get we start up again in October.
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, go to justlincolnlodge.com. Is mm-hmm. that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can check her out. It's weekly. I why I, I It's
2: Thursdays and Friday nights. There and, you go. and this summer, I also I also am a cast member at Chicago Underground Comedy, and that's that's on Tuesday nights at
1: the Bee Kitchen, which is down the street from the Hungry Brain. Thank you for performing at the Brain. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I'd love to have you back on both. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what we're gonna. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Seriously, you're a wonderful guy this is quite easy um i am going to close the show with daniel knox daniel knox is playing uh july 11th at uh millennium park uh, as part of the songs from illinois thing he's playing right before the fiery furnaces it's free it's a great opportunity to go check him out other than that he will be playing uh in july in the southwest of the these united states uh with the handsome family so that's going to be a really good tour um once again, for any information on this podcast or the new Chicago music podcast, go to youmeetthemeverybody.com. Monday nights at the Brain, every Monday. Uh, check out Cameron's website. Uh, check out her blog. Yes, I said blog, and have a wonderful evening.
0: climb knock yourself down every time